Hi, guys. Sean and I have some exciting news. Uh, we have created official Twitter and Instagram accounts for the Oh, Mr. Sheffield podcast. It is at Oh, Mr. Chef pod on both platforms. And that is Oh, Mr. Chef with two Fs. So Oh, Mr. Chef pod. Check it out. Follow us. It's going to have all the latest and greatest from us about this show. Um, and we hope you like it. Now enjoy the episode. The Flushing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Miss uh, uh, Fine. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. That's right. It's a podcast called Old Mr. Sheffield. Wait, Old Mr. Sheffield. It's called Oh, Mr. Sheffield. And it's about the 90s hit TV series, The Nanny, starring Fran Drescher. I am your co-host, Shandi Pasquale, here with my co-host, Victoria Sheffield, and we're here to talk about episode three, which is titled My Fair Nanny. That it is, which is, of course, a play on My Fair Lady. Um, and this is the episode where they have to turn Fran into a high-class lady for yes. Maggie's it, debutante. It's like, as soon as I realized what they were setting up, I wrote, it took you long enough on my notes. <laughs> That's my first note, is it took you long enough? Because I feel like this should have been episode two. Like, why didn't they just open like pilot and then episode two is like, oh shit, we got to teach her how to be high class. And, and then, um, of course by episodes end, we come to realize that like, no, she's perfect just the way she is. And everyone (laughs) likes her more than they did when she was all fancy schmancy. Yeah. And Um, I love that, that you're like, what took you so long? And it's the difference between episode two and episode three. Yeah. I was like, it's, 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 that's, two, that's it's one thirsty, episode too long. <laughs> that's how thirsty you were for this plot line. And I have to yeah. say, I loved this episode so love much. It. And Toria, also, so I mean, it's so much because also I love My Fair Lady. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves the, you know, yes. what is it? Like that Pygmalion uh, yes. makeover, high class to low class. Um, and then they had all these lines that were ripped right from My Fair Lady, the musical. And like, I was giddy. Ripped from the headlines. Ripped from the headlines <laughs> of a show that initially appeared on Broadway 60 years ago. But <laughs> no, I mean, this this episode made me giddy. Um, and so to set it up, uh, things start off this yes. week with Cece sauntering into brec- uh, like the family breakfast, which is, yes. I realize, where a lot of these scenes take place, it seems, around this breakfast table with their, as we discussed last week, amazing Well, they have, they have, like, five sets, it seems. They've got the living room, they've got the kitchen, they've got the breakfast area, like the dining room area, um... They have like an upstairs, and then they have Mr. Sheffield's like study slash office. Um, like, and, and the upstairs, it seems, is just one bedroom that they're maybe redressing, and then that's Sean. it. And then they build like a like a different set, it seems like, for like where they need to go for the episode. They have like a one set budget, you know? Yeah, I was gonna say, um, first of all, I was gonna say, Sean, this is boring, but no, I think you're right, it's not boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> But as in a, almost every episode it, so far is, has a, almost been a capsule episode. There's usually like one scene that has to take place somewhere else. But this yeah. show so far is very suited to just like stuff can happen in the house and we feel good about it. But also I can't wait to share my nanny fact at the end of this because it's going to relate to this and it's a good one. Awesome. Um, 
<clears throat> but yes, yeah, so basically Cece saunters in in the morning and she announces that, uh, and she's very excited about this, that she has signed Maggie, the eldest daughter, up for a debutante ball um, because she has this plan where she and Mr. Sheffield are kind of going to like rub elbows with New York High Society and this one specific investor lady. Um, and so she's basically like using Maggie as a pawn to get mm -hmm. them closer to like production money. And yes. Maggie, who is like super introverted and hates all this stuff, basically stands up and yells like, I, I don't want anything to do with this. How, how could you do this to me? And runs out of the room. Um, yeah. And we this, episode, this scene also has a great little uh, detail where we see that not only are Niles and Fran always making jabs at Cece, but Gracie, the youngest, has also started yes. uh, saying things like, you know, but you never got married, Cece. Um, and <laughs> it's like, I, I'm just loving it. Uh, and I'm loving that uh, we're starting to see the evolution of Gracie as uh, sort of the little mini Fran. Um, but uh Oh, I have. Have you noticed their breakfast? I really clearly have this in every episode that I'm a little obsessed with the breakfast. Um, but so Maggie storms out and that's where we have this other really, really fun scene um, in this episode where Fran is sort of trying to understand why Maggie is so adverse to doing something that, you know, ostensibly would be really fun for a 14-year-old girl. And Maggie's basically like, because all the popular girls in my school – go to that thing and I'm not popular. Yeah. And Fran's like, oh no, no, no. You just you just gotta know the basics of how to become popular. Like it's it's a science. And the advice was so funny to me. It was basically like, you know, um, don't waste your time with the queen bee who's beautiful and who everybody loves because she doesn't need you. Yeah. Start, go to the bottom of the popular girl totem yeah. pole. Find the girl that nobody likes that they're all that, being no, jerks that, to. That, that, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I talked. I talked right over you. No, it's okay. No, no. It, yeah, it, it, yeah. She's basically like, go find the, the one person who's like the worst, and <laughs> and be but, comes but popular. From yeah, but popular. Yeah, find the yeah, loser of the popular group is basically the advice. She also tells her, um, "There's only three things that you have to talk about: boys, clothes, and Bobby Sherman." Which. <laughs> Did you know Bobby Sherman? <laughs> I did not. I had to Google him. This was another. Uh, Pop, pop culture reference that did not land for me and wouldn't have even landed for me when I was watching this in the nineties. Yeah, that's, that was, this was another, <clears throat> this was another one that made me question like, man, are there certain references that like are going to end up being so dated that they're not just not worth it. And this was another one where I was like, I don't even know how Bobby Sherman was a relevant reference here, except that that was just relevant. Like that's how old, Fran is obviously, you know, Fran Drescher is old enough to know Bobby Sherman and make that reference. So she made, you know, her character makes that reference. But man, it's like, it's, I mean, that, that guy's 77 years old now. Yeah. But like, <laughs> not every show is for everyone. And like, so if, if our parents were watching this, which I'm sure a lot of people's parents who are now like in their 70s are watching, they would probably Absolutely. love that joke. Yes. And again, like, you know, I, not to always go back to the Simpsons, but like, like one of the things that's great about that show is people of all ages can appreciate something about it. So just because like we're not picking up on every little reference that our parents might doesn't mean that we're not thoroughly enjoying what's happening. Overall. Oh, no. I, I mean, I love this episode. I, I It's my favorite, I think. Um, um, it's great. Uh, it also takes – I made a note. You know, it takes about – 
So it's a 26 minute episode, 27 minute episode. And it, it, it takes 12 minutes before they get to the My Fair Lady stuff. So they, they use a significant amount of time just kind of setting up. You know, I mean, it's basically half the episode is set up to get to let's do My Fair Lady stuff. Um, yeah, I have that exact same note. Uh, I was literally like, My Fair Lady of it, the My Fair Lady of it all doesn't even show up until halfway through the app because basically Fran's advice to Maggie works and she infiltrates the popular kids and then they decide that they're going to host this big debutante tea at the mansion. Yeah. And Fran is going to be like sort of like the the hostess. The, yeah, the main hostess. Yeah. yeah. And this is when everyone starts, you know, Mr. Sheffield, Niles, and Cece are sort of all like, oh, shit. Like, uh, Fran is not equipped to deal with these high society, you know, waspy <laughs> New York women. Um, this at is which point, be a disaster. At which point Cece says uh she did you catch she quotes the nanny theme song in one of her lines did you catch that cc says um she goes a society host should have style flair and proper sophistication and and then fran responds yeah so but um but she does have style and flair because that's literally she has style she has flair she was there that's how she became the nanny Uh. so she she does she already has style and flair she just needs the sophistication part which i thought was a really clever um, a really clever way to tie back into like the 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 theme song, but also kind of set up that like she's oh she's like mostly there, you know, which sort of pays off at the end when you realize like oh yeah she just needs like a little bit of sophistication. She's but she's already got like cool style. She already has like her own flair. Like those are all things that like do set you apart in like high society. You know, look at you think of like crazy high society ladies with like their insane hats and shit you know it's like it's all about like looking like a lunatic because you're rich enough to afford insane things um i i picked up on something different which was a line that i love where cc said like you're you're not equipped like these women are backstabbing harpies and then she goes i know because they're all my closest friends (laughs) but um uh, that was just a great line from the episode yeah Yeah, that's um, great um well and then this you know leads to the big plot point of the episode which is niles and mr sheffield decide that they're going to make fran over to fit into high society and they have 24 hours oh and we should also say that one of the reasons that they were so worried uh, about how this tea was gonna go is they realized uh (laughs) by looking at some bills that fran had hired a fortune teller i think uh, a makeup uh artist and uh Something else like it was an ice, a maker on a maker on Sunday a, station. Yeah, a Sunday stand for. She was this, basically yeah. throwing. I mean, the reference there is that she basically was throwing a bat mitzvah. Like, like yes. she ordered all of the things you would order for like a bat mitzvah for like the kids. Is like a maker on Sunday stand, and like you know, it was like it was like activities, you know. But yeah. she was like, but like with like a, that cost money. I mean, like ex, an activity stand is not. Like I mean, a, a, a make your own Sunday stand is like not cheap. Like they like they charge you a bunch for that when you're like putting together well, like a, it's, you know a party. Yes, but it's also just that like her read and understanding of what takes place at these events is like completely off Um, and it's completely not what you know people are expecting when they come to these things and so they instantly get worried and they're like shit we have to like change all of this stuff and we have to change you and that leads to just this 
delightful montage Straight where my fair lady montage right? oh yeah <laughs> literally like marbles in the mouth like the rain in spain um stuff where it's like her walking where they tell her that like her hips are are swinging too severely her ass- she's like what's the problem <laughs> yeah yeah i've never gotten any complaints um the again like her they're trying to get her to to say her r's correctly yes. um telling her what the appropriate topics of conversation are um and i actually have a note that i i really did relate to this because I went to, I came from like a, you know, middle, like I would say upper middle class. I got, you know, wanting for nothing, but not part of high society in any way. But I grew Same. up in DC and I went to high school with, with like 85% of the other kids at this school being like waspy DC country club kids. And I instantly, for the first time in my life, was like, oh, there's like this whole, world that exists that I and I was unaware of it until right now and all these people kind of know this rule and they kind of all go to the same vacation spots and I think once or twice I got invited to something like at an actual country club and and the aesthetic was like waif like blonde very specific like clothes that people wore and it like really is you know you're in or you're out and there's a code of conduct and you really feel it when you are out of place so i was actually that's hmm. funny that that was in like high school for you Mm -hmm. um the first time i ever got invited to a country club was like four years ago with like elizabeth's parents (laughs) (laughs) and i was like oh i don't like this (laughs) that's my reaction was just like ew no thank you i'm good uh nope (laughs) yeah I, I mean, even in the time in high school when I went, the joke that I kept making was I kept trying to hide my nose behind wine, uh, like not wine glasses, water glasses, so that no one would know I was a Jewess. <laughs> um, but I mean, it has Jewess. <laughs> but um, oh, but like it's true, and like everyone's wearing these like neutral beige tones yes. and pastels, and and it it is really a culture unto itself, and it's. So can you name all of the My Fair Lady references in this episode? Did you catch them? Um, the marbles was the first, I think, that I noticed. When yep. she had marbles in her mouth. Then um, I can't oh, – sh- okay, well, we first have to preface this moment because at the actual party – you know, all these high society women are there and we're just waiting for Fran to emerge because we know that she's had this makeover, but we haven't seen the final results. And then she just descends from this staircase looking yes. completely different than we've ever seen her. Her hair is back and sleek. She's in these very neutral tones. Her she body language. Great, by the way. Yes, she looks she looks fantastic. fantastic. And Niles and Mr. Sheffield look at each other and they go, I can't believe we did it. We did it. Like what is and it's like uh we said we'd what is the line exactly? It's like we said we'd do it and indeed we did. Yeah. Is that the I yeah. think that was the second one I noticed. Yep. yep. We said we'd do it and indeed we did. He was good <laughs> job, old boy. Yes. Um yeah. I feel like there's a there's definitely a third that maybe I wrote down that maybe we'll get to. Well, did you have any others? No, no, you caught all the ones that I that I caught uh as well. It 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 is um it's a great episode. There's and there's so many. You know, we talk about like our favorite lines. I had so many favorite lines in this episode, um, but like a lot of it was just all in the in the net in the 
my fair lady montage, you know, mm-hmm. like I just, I loved all of their back and forth about her R's. And then she makes some joke. I didn't write it down, but she makes some joke about being for, about people from Boston. That made me laugh. Um, where they're like talking oh. about ours and what is that line? So I, I wrote it down. Well, there's there's a several of them, but basically when they're trying to teach her dictation, Mr. Sheffield goes, he's like, repeat after me, after me. Mark went on a lock after dark in Central Park. And then Fran's like, gee, I hope he had a gun. <laughs> <laughs> like it was so good. And they were going like, how now, brown cow? <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And oh my God, like for me, the highlight of the episode was at the party, her voice, like Fran yes. Drescher completely changes her voice for this. And she, she's speaking like this and she's being like very intentional with what she says, which I'm just going to say it here is my favorite line of the whole episode. She went, please forgive me for being tardy, but I was on the phone with my mother and she can be such a yenter. <laughs> a yenter. Why does she add an R there? Yenter. Yes. Um, well, my, my favorite my favorite line, I had two. My, my absolute hands down favorite line of the whole episode that I actually laughed out loud at is um, Niles looking at Mr. Sheffield and going, we can say anything we like in these accents and people think it's Shakespeare. And then Mr. Sheffield just smiles and nods like, mm-hmm, it's true. And I literally laughed out loud. I thought that was like the weirdest. Oh, they don't even, he doesn't even just look at him and smile. They share like a giddy moment where they yeah. just laugh. It was like an <laughs> evil, sinister, like, <laughs> It's such a weird acknowledgement of like, what Americans think of British culture. Like it's very true, but like it's, I've, I've never seen two British people acknowledge that. It was it's great. So I love that true. One. Yeah. Um, and it's like, they say that like, if you, if you have an English accent, people instantly think you're smarter. And if you have a Southern accent, even if you're saying something very intelligent, yeah, people instantly think you're stupider. I agree. Um, um, my other favorite line is also Niles line, uh, where she says, um, Niles, can you teach me how to be fancy schmancy? And he goes, of course, I've mastered the art of both the fancy and the schmancy. And yeah. <laughs> well, also, um, when they're, when Niles and Mr. Sheffield are telling her that she's basically going to like stick out like a sore thumb and all the reasons she's not going to fit in, she goes, so you're saying I'll be a freak show? And Niles <laughs> goes, everybody loves the circus. <laughs> <laughs> they also have her dressed in circus colors in that scene. Like her outfit is literally like like circus colored in the back, uh, which yeah. I thought was very funny. She she so, is a circus. Question: Do you find her more attractive dressed as the high society lady than when she's normal, Fran? Um, I liked her makeup better and her hair. Yeah, really. I I th- yeah. think I like her better as Fran. <clears throat> I mean, I like her personality better as Fran, but like she looked very nice as the high society lady. You know, the outfits that she wears as Fran sometimes are really like garish. Like, I think I, 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 I'm loving them. I'm literally like 
Oh, I feel like I you maybe can, I wonder if I can pull that off. You can like, bring I, it back. I think you can bring it back. Absolutely, I, you can pull it off and bring it back in like a whole like retro '90s retro kind of thing. Like people love that shit now. And I'm loving her big hair. Um, no, that's she also has a line in this episode where she says. <laughs> They say something about the pilgrims and she's like, ugh, they didn't have any style. They all wore big hats and big, and big belts and, and big, what was the third thing? It was like big hats, big belts. I forget. Yeah, me too. Oh, and beige and beige dresses. It was beige dresses, big hats and big belts. And then later on, she meets this like socialite lady who she ends up connecting with and, 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 you know, ends up being like her buddy or whatever. And uh, she's like, you know, my family came here on the, uh, on the Mayflower. They were pilgrims. And Fran looks at her outfit, which is gray with a giant belt buckle. And she goes, oh, I didn't recognize you without the hat. Yeah. Yes. Actually, <laughs> I, I realized we got so overexcited about this episode that we completely forgot to discuss how it the gets plot. resolved, which is basically, <laughs> um, you know, it turns out, as you might expect, the party is, utterly boring all the teenagers there hate it because it's the same boring shit they're used to and maggie actually pulls Fran aside and is like i don't understand like where's all the stuff that we planned together and like why are you talking like this why are you dressing like this like i wanted the party that we planned with like the fortune teller and the sunday bar and it it, is this really beautiful grounding moment where fran's like you you like me the way i am you know i was trying to be more like you and maggie's like no i wish i was more like you so you know it's this thing where uh, Fran literally pulls her hair down and then we cut to her in the next scene and like the Sunday bars there, the fortune tellers there, people are actually having fun. There's music, the teens are dancing and like all of these high society women are actually like kind of enjoying themselves in a way yeah. that they never normally do. So, it, you know, it's the moral of the story is like her warm, authentic self was actually just what they needed um, and trying to change her was actually like the yes. wrong move um so yes. we completely i realized blew over that but yes that is the resolution of the episode and uh worked works just wonderfully yeah the, listen she had style and flair yeah exactly yeah. um, um and- yeah it's it's a good resolution um and there's <laughs> she says early on they're talking about they want to have a, a grab bag at the party which is a that's also something that we used to do every year at uh, our Hanukkah parties is have like a grab bag where you just like put your hand in. everyone puts like a, you know, something that they bought in and you just put your hand and you pull it out and whatever you get, you get. Um, but she says, wrap it in tin foil So, you know, like wrap the best present in tin foil So, you know, which one it is when you reach your hand in. And I, I wrote down, Oh shit, I'm using that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I yeah, was like, I- Oh, that's a fucking brilliant idea. And then the episode of course ends like the final shot of the episode is they're like, oh, Fran, you should do the grab bag. And she's like, oh, me? Okay. And then she puts her hand in and pulls out the tinfoil one. And she's like, I wonder what this could be. And she like winks at Grace or at Maggie. Yeah. And it's like freeze frame, roll yeah. credits. It was perfect. perfect. The show in general is really good at their last like, – it's a show that ends with a freeze frame every episode. And it it never fails to make me actually laugh in like a yeah. non-ironic way. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, also, uh, a very '90s cameo from Nikki Cox. A young Nikki Cox shows yes. up in this episode, and I was like, I, when she first appeared on screen, I was like, "Oh, she's so familiar. Who is that?" And uh, and I had to Google it, and then I was like, "Oh, that actually makes a ton of sense. This was this was a uh, before 
I think the CW took her and tried to turn her into um, Kelly from Married with Children. Yes. Uh, yes she yes, was. Yes. She was getting cast as like a young girl because she was like a young, you know, just like a young pretty girl. Um, yeah. And she like plays the part really well in this episode. She like she's she keeps getting hit on by by uh, by Bryce and uh, Brighton. Brighton. He keeps hitting on her and 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 you know she like kind of turns him down and then. And then at the end, she has like a good line delivery where she's like, okay, yeah, you know, you can give me a ride home. And then he's like, oh, and he like runs away. Yeah. He doesn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It turns out he doesn't actually want, he doesn't actually want that at all. He's not ready. Too much, too much. Um, too much, too fast. <laughs> but um, really quickly uh, for the Yiddish saying of the episode, we yeah. talked about it, but we didn't define it. So Yenta is yes. one who meddles or a blabbermouth. So it's like yes. she's such a Yenta is Jeez. how you would use that. Um, and Fran, that's when Fran said, my mother was being a Yenter. A Yenter, yeah. Um, um. <laughs> I also wrote um, – oh, wait. I'll. Uh, this is a nanny fact that ties into the fact that you were um, painstakingly listing the rooms in the mansion earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that uh, the set of this show was yeah. recycled from a, the short-lived sitcom, The Powers That Be, and that ran from 92 to 93. Mm-hmm. And it, I never actually saw this, which makes sense because I was like six years old, but it was about a U.S. senator and his family, yeah. um, his family and staff. And the notable members of the cast included David Hyde Pierce and a mm-hmm. very young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually watched – some clips from it on YouTube and I just had to laugh because a running gag of the series is that David Hyde Pierce's character is just always trying to kill himself. (laughs) Just the fact that like that is the gag and then again in in 2021 like would not fly. Um, You know, it's like... It's funny that we cycled that with the joke with with Brighton in the first episode. Yes. Except, well, Brighton's doing it because he has a dark sense of humor and is trying to scare adults or scare people. In uh, The Powers That Be, uh, David Hyde Pierce is genuinely trying to take his own life like every other week. And that's the joke. Um, And I think there was even like a clip that I saw where he's reading a book called like how to kill yours <laughs> you know um, it, but- it makes sense the set thing they you know i because <clears throat> it's very expensive to build like sets and generally especially sitcoms at this time you know it was all about like how how can you spend you know you you get your budget and then you want to spend it on 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 all the things in the beginning and then use those things as much as possible throughout the season and like you know it's it's pretty common like if you go back and you watch like full house and all these shows they all were basically every episode was basically a bottle episode in the sense that like they reuse the same five or six sets the true bottle episodes when you get into like sitcoms like this are like literally in one room that they never leave. And I think that comes from a need to uh, uh, like an actual, like, well, we can't spend any money on like dressing sets or anything this episode. So let's just put them in one room and not have them be able to leave. And I do believe this show does a couple of bottle episodes over its run. Um, But, but yeah, the, 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 the recycling of sets actually makes a lot of sense and, and kind of makes the green light for the show make more sense too. 
where it's like, oh, yeah, we need something to do with this very expensive, mm-hmm. fancy house set that we built. And we've got a show that's now set in a fancy house and we can kind of recycle this. It keeps the cost of everything down. So this show is like not that expensive for us to like produce and see how it does. And then, you know, if it does well, then we, we do we do more. I'll be curious if in uh, second and third season we see the uh, design of the house slightly shift. I, I wonder if they yeah. keep that set or if once it starts making money, do they do they rebuild it? Yeah, um, and I mean, and this is exactly the kind of thing where it's like, if you're not that into, like, t- if you're not a big TV geek or a production geek, like, you wouldn't you wouldn't even think that, oh, yeah, they, they literally recycle furniture and sets. Um, yeah. And that's really common. And so many decisions, creative decisions, actually come down to budget restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a cool warehouse on the Warner Brothers lot that I got to go to once um, that is literally just recycled sets that you can like rent out for whatever you know whatever production you're working on and it's it's awesome like it's it's just like lamps and they're all labeled. you know it's like oh a lamp from malcolm in the middle is over there and like the dresser from you know i mean and and it goes back like years they have stuff in there that's that's you know 20 30 years old that's like labeled that like oh yeah let's use this dresser it's a great you know beautiful dresser let's put it in a room um so that's pretty cool i guess that's Um, a cool thing we can bring to this whole thing is like actual production experience you can you know i have soft hands i have you have very soft hands i haven't i haven't experienced that on the same level as you um but i was gonna say though despite the fact that my hands are softer um when when i said who's the fran who's the cc i wrote down i think we're both the frans and i think that we already we already sort of proved that correct when we said we both definitely feel like outsiders uh in waspy circles yes yes i agree and and much like fran i think we've also at least i know i have definitely learned that i'm better off just being myself in those situations Mm -hmm. than trying to like pretend to be more like the people around me because like you just come off as like fake or boring or weird you know and and you're better off just being who you are so much easier absolutely i mean i definitely think i it was one of those things where i feel like i was appreciated but still would never be let in an authentic way (laughs) in those circles (laughs) but again that was fine that was fine and that's how it should become a fun novelty which is what fran becomes in this episode is is her own kind of novelty in that situation but but you can do it in a way where you're still getting people's respect and you're not like the court jester. Or so. more importantly, their attention. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, and speaking um, of attention, that's about all the attention that I have for this episode of The Nanny. <laughs> so right. I think a good place to wrap it up. Is there anything we missed? I don't think so. Any I missed connections? I think this was comprehensive, maybe even a little manic because we were so excited about all of it. Um <laughs> Um, there was also a, let's see, there was a Gilligan's Island reference that I wrote down. Uh, there was a love boat mention, uh, in this episode. Uh, a lot of, a lot of good, a lot of reference, very, very referential, these, these shows. Um, but yeah, so that was episode. The Nanny Reference Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's this. (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, that was My Fair Nanny, episode three. And it was also episode three of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, the podcast you're listening to right now um toria <laughs> should we be doing like social media handles do you want to uh i think we need you guys are with us in real time we need to figure out if we're gonna just social this from our own social media or if we're gonna create like a central hub 
Um, I don't know. Let's see how many people listen. You, 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 you tell us. You can find me on Twitter at Sean Writes, and you can tell me, hey, I don't want to follow you here. Make a nanny uh, social media account, and then we yeah, will. And for, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, Instagram at Toria Sheffy, and it's S H E F F Y. Toria Sheffy. All right, and that's uh, that's an episode. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. The Flushing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs> <laughs>